I mean, there's a million ways to help yourself. I'm a recovered fearaholic. Ready, set, go! Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. That's fat with a PH. We are a super funky, fresh, real talk community podcast about body positivity, movement, mindfulness, joy, and whatever else the hell we want to talk about. Hosted by Ayanna Parent, aka Black Addict of Be Free Coaching and Wellness, and me, Christy, aka Big Red of Dance Fitness with Christy L. Ray. And away we go! So, Welcome Yo. to Fit Fat Chat. Hey, hey. it's us again. <laughs> <laughs> this month is September 2022, and it is Recovery Month, and we are going to talk today about ways in which we recover and how we define recovery, because it's not just about substance use or drugs or alcohol. It is about recovering from survival mode, from hustle culture. From putting food in your body that does not fuel you, which is Christy's favorite thing to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I figured it was a good um, way to just kind of honor recovery month. I do want to say this as the catalyst that um, there is a reason why Be Free works. So if you think about all the recovery programs that are out there, um, ours works. And I'm not saying that because I just think we're fucking awesome. We are fucking awesome. <laughs> it's a but there is a lot of evidence. Fact. There is evidence behind that. So in our recovery program, we have many programs here at Be Free, but in our recovery program um, from substance abuse, um, we haven't had anyone relapse um, in over a year. And that's actually unheard of um, for across Massachusetts and probably broader, but that I, that's all the research I could get. <laughs> um and here's the reason why that is, because you can't do things in isolation. You have to do it with a community. You have to hold yourself accountable, but you have to have a community which also holds you accountable, not with judgment or shame, but with love, and in combination with mental health services and wellness. So that means moving your body, getting all the things you need, Reiki, massage, nutrition, health and wellness coaching, mental health services, kick-ass dance classes, mm. yoga classes, restorative yoga classes, strength meditation, classes. strength training, right? So if you immerse yourselves in all those things and you do them on a regular basis and you have a community that really holds you to your highest self, it's really like safe proof in many, many ways. Like it's, it's hard to fall. I don't like using the word fail, because I don't think any of us fail at anything. It's it's just a journey. But it creates almost a prevention place in which, like, <sighs> if you're feeling a certain way, all of us, we talk about this stuff all the time. So you can go to anyone in this community and be like, hey, struggling today. And you got 10 people that show up at your door with some kind of something to help you out. That's what we're talking about today. What you got, Christy? Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think, you know, the recovery word is thrown out a lot, but the prevention, too, part the piece of preventing relapse, but preventing from yourself from being in tough situations in the first place is all about creating a, some things, sustainable things in your life that fuel you holistically from everything from 
So this is my sociological background. Like there's the psychological piece. Uh, yes, you might feel depression. Yes, you might feel anxiety. I don't know anybody that doesn't have one or both of those. Maybe not all the time, but experiencing them at some point in their life and how you deal with those things, I think helps so that it doesn't create a void in your life. And I think the commonality that I see between almost any kind of recovery or just mental health. Let's just be clear. We all have mental health. Mental health is not a stigma for certain people that are experiencing mental health problems. Like we all have a mental health. And so it's how you take care of that mental health. And that's something that in this world we live in is not something that's obvious or taught. We're taught a lot of different things, but that's not one of them. It's not one of them. No. I love how you talked about like living a sober life because I know you don't drink. You're not technically like quote in recovery. Right. But there's many ways like you live a sober life. Can you say more about that? Yeah. yeah, I'll talk about mine. Yeah. (laughs) It was so funny on Twitter. I had um, this Twitter account for a really long time and then I had just stopped social media for a little while and I stopped Twitter in particular because it was my, I loved um, tweeting bands and Mm. finding other people that like the same music and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. At that point in my life, I needed that. At some point in my life, it had an addictive quality to it. It had a void. It was a little bit obsessive. So I didn't rejoin Twitter until like, I guess it was two years ago because it was like, oh, it's your two year Twitter anniversary. And I wrote something uh, about that. And one of my friends uh, that I visited this weekend in Montreal was like, do you want to talk about something Because I wrote that two years of sober living uh, or something to that effect. In my mind, it means that I am not looking at life in a way that is addictive. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at life as a void or trying to get a quick fix or like it's sobriety to me is like the fact that I have tools in place that help me stay even and balanced balanced and go heading towards positive mental health, addressing getting ahead of depression, Mm -hmm. which is what my default is. A couple of episodes ago, we took a picture. And if you look at that picture, (laughs) I look very depressed. And I was very depressed for like a little bit of time. I was functioning, right? But I knew something was off and I had to take a look at everything that was going on around me and uh, reach out to friends and but also spend time with myself just to balance and reground and um, so it's not like recovery means things go away it means it's an ongoing journey Mm -hmm. of developing tools and having a community and um, finding your tribe and all of that stuff it's something that never ends so It's so true. And if you think about like we talk about here about trauma being the gateway to addiction, it's it's the same whether that is substance use or food or a phone. Right now it's my phone because I'm trying to take some time off and then I'm like on the couch trying to rest. And I'm like, oh, but I have this device that I can just play on for hours. And it's like none of that is healthy. Right. (laughs) Right. Thank God. I then I'm like, oh, but I have writing to do. So I do switch to that. But there's all kinds of ways the body really reacts towards instant gratification in which that's why people get so caught up in alcohol and drugs. It's so instant. Like even for me, I remember like five years ago before I got sober, what my body would feel like once I got alcohol in it and like all the pain would go away. It's not real because there's still pain there, right? It just numbs it for a certain amount of time and then piles up on each other. And then you got a whole shit show of 
addictive right. behaviors that nobody needs to experience, go down. Right. <laughs> Trust me. Let's just, you know, if you can't avoid it, it's also part of the culture where it's accepted and welcomed and encouraged. And it's like the, I keep seeing this meme on social media that's like, it's the one thing where like people react when you say I don't drink They're just like what <laughs> why like, why yeah, do you drink it's like a whole thing but if you're like I don't need sugar they're like oh rock on it's like seriously <laughs> like, and it's like I had to explain it like in the beginning of recovery I was it was like weird right you go to a bar and you order a freaking soda whatever it is <laughs> now there's lots more options thank god but like back then there was not and there was like all this um, the stigma around it, like what, you know, people had to know. And obviously the people that couldn't let it go had the issues, right? Because the right. they were just basically asking like, how can I do that myself versus now I don't care because I'm just like, uh, you wouldn't want to see me on fucking alcohol because like it'd be a hot mess. <laughs> this whole bar would go down like no joke. <laughs> right. You make oh. it. I make a joke of it. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny. It's like it doesn't. But back then when you're so raw and you're starting and like and someone asks you, you're just like you almost go into this like I want to go in a hole. Stop asking me what you know. It's yeah. like it's scary. I think if, if you read the book, there's a few scenes in there that you talk about that <laughs> yes. people can relate. You got to read Ayanna's first book. Yeah. First book. Yeah. Yeah. First First. First. Hint, hint. 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 What? <laughs> the other thought I wanted to bring into this was um, in terms of relationships, which we all have as soon as we're born, either have or have the lack of. And sometimes those are dysfunctional. Mm. And uh, those patterns, what I've learned later in life, are often lead to addictions. They lead to voids. They lead to, let's say you had somebody who was hot and cold in your life. That is a similar experience in your body to trauma. Maybe even it is trauma. I'm not saying it's not. I just find in life there's a lot of distraction that we we focus on other people mm. and what they mean to us versus, again, filling that void with ourselves and taking care of ourselves. A lot of the things that I hear and maybe the reason I stay single is because it's a lot. Dude, it's so much fucking work. <laughs> Dude. Work? Oh, <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm a manager of people and I liked that, but I, I, I like it as a job, but I don't like it in my own personal life. It's like, I don't want to manage anything else. I'm just like, oh my God, I want, I want, you know, to be around people who are also working on their own self, um, mm -hmm. you know, journey. And so that we can do that together. Right. It's more like interdependence instead right. of codependence, which is, yeah. again, what I consider myself recovered from. I went to codependence anonymous. And I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that because it's supposed to be anonymous, but I'm going <laughs> to well, just, just say it. You just yourself, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it was like one of the most eye-opening things. And I always encourage people who are going through relationship difficulties at all or just want insight about themselves to really dig into that. There's a thing called sober dating and it has nothing to do with necessarily even alcohol it's about intentionally creating dates and relationships and and whatever around a sobriety of the mind so i Where mean I just, what's that what Codependence Anonymous. And, and, oh, I thought you and, said sober um, dating. Sober dating it's comes out of that. To, oh, um, got it, And got if it, you got go it. to like love addiction and that there's sex addiction and love yeah, addiction, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of the food yes, addictions and stuff like that. And I don't, I've gotten away from that. I don't think that's my path for sustained 
but for some people it is. They want to go, the meetings are a community and all of that. But I like the alternative of just so stigmatized in a, when it's separate. And it, why isn't it part of our culture to just be healthy? Like, that's what I don't understand. Oh, so. my God. That was part and, of my fuck it Friday this morning. It's like yes. things that are so natural and normal in the world, like being healthy, it's almost stigmatized impossible it's like, <laughs> and impossible. To have. Yeah. It is like every step of the way, like especially mental health services, like. Let's be a health insurance agency and throw as many blocks, twists, and turns so that we actually decrease your mental health ability to function before you even get a therapist. Like, that to me is like... Right. It's just like, what? how is that possible? Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll help you, but you have to go to 20 steps when you're in a mental health crisis that call, like prompted right. you to call in the first place. That's why the ERs are so filled right now. Like mm-hmm. they are not, there's like stats that I've looked at in general in Cape Cod, but, but across the board where, you know, one out of 10 people that are going, that one person is like, has a broken ankle. The rest is all mental health. I mean, it's 99% I of bet. people that are mm-hmm. decompensating around mental health and addiction. Cape Cod is in a very tough place. Yep. And, um, I know I talk about this all the time, but people don't talk about that. We're losing friends left and right. We're losing people, younger people too. And it it doesn't matter the age, but on the Cape, when you lose a younger person, that's losing like 10 younger people because the, the, uh, what they could create in the world percentage of, uh, what we have on the Cape is like, um, you know, it's just so sad and tragic. Yeah. Yeah. We are here to say that we are not gloom and doom. Right. There is a way out. There is always a way out. Um, And that we understand. And that we understand. Absolutely. And that. um, And that a lot of these things, if they're systematic things that are, they're not your fault. Exactly. So if it's a systematic thing, we got to create systems that don't create that systematic unwellness. Hence, be free. And <laughs> it all goes here. around. <laughs> I feel like we're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Preach it, sister. Woo, woo. But it's so like it's almost like it's unheard of, right? Like we have this center, and people are still trying to wrap their minds around like what the heck it is. Yeah. And for for a long time, I was like, oh, it's not because I'm marketing not well, or I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, and I'm like, oh, actually, no. It's because people's minds are so conditioned to do things in a certain way and to see things in a certain way yeah. that they have a hard time wrapping their brain around, oh, wait, this is actually a simple fix to a very difficult problem. I mean, there's a million ways to help yourself. So for Be Free, obviously, the first step is just walk in our fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> Stop by. Say hello. Pick up a here. flyer. Yes. Like, yes. It's, see if you can, like, walk into the building and not die. And I guarantee right. you will yeah. not be impressed. It's a very yeah. nice space. It's yeah. beautiful. You can. I mean, we have a website. We have an app, which, like, it just is... Yeah. Very user friendly and very doable. So actually, you just made a video. I actually made a video in your about video library you, about. It. So if, it. if you if that's even too much, follow Ayana's. You just go to my YouTube channel, Ayana Parent, and it will show you. It says Q and A, be free app, how to get to it. Like sometimes when we're in a fog, right, or if we're overwhelmed or stressed, trying to help ourselves, like something even going to an app feels overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I broke those steps down for you because I'm with you on that. Like I get stuck in that too. But don't let that stop you. So I was saying there is a way out. However, the way out, and don't hate me, clinical people, is not through talk therapy.
God, at this point, it's, it's so... mind-blowing. First well, of all, the wait list, you're not going to get anyone anyway, but like in some ways, I'm like kind of good because you can come to a class here and, and you can meet people and you can get a wellness coach and you can see a nutritionist and we don't have a waiting list because we rotate people out within three months because if you are really immersed in a program within three months and you do it and you show up, you have the base in which you need and then you can start doing stuff independently on your own. So... And as much as I feel like it's important to have people to vent to, that I think uh, just talking about your problems a lot can somewhat feed into them sticking around. Right. Um, and I don't think that's 100% of what you're saying, but I think there's an element to that. Like, uh, you know, you that's why movement, we talk about it, and we're not just promoting exercise because it's good for you. It, you literally are moving things through your body. You literally, when you sweat, are getting issues out of your tissues. Legit. And you feel a, just a little bit lighter or better when you're done with any kind of exercise that works for you. And part of this is fear. So like yeah. the first step yeah. is just overcoming that fear of whatever you think is on the other side of resolving. Cause sometimes the, what's familiar to us is comfortable, even if that's super dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So there has to be an element of getting out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself. What I love about be free is that you're doing that in a safe way. And There's sometimes you don't have, like sometimes talking about traumatic events that have harmed your body specifically is traumatic. Like it's almost right. re-traumatizing the body, even though your head can handle it. You think your head can handle it because mm -hmm. you've trained yourself to sort of disassociate. But when you're talking to a therapist or, or somebody and then like you leave, you don't see them for another week and there isn't interaction or any other work around that issue, your body's like, hey, I just shared something really big notice me and like help me there's stuff that's got to happen in between and then going back and sometimes people just say the same story over and over again that happened to me when I was a therapist and I that happened to me when I was a client right mm -hmm. I can get away with everything because I just share the same shit over and over again right <laughs> I ain't doing no work. oh my god <laughs> I know I have so many friends that <laughs> that are like like what did your therapist uh, say oh nothing <laughs> well uh, uh, you're, you're, okay You've got serious problems. You're going to the same therapist for years and you still got the same serious right, problems. Right. Uh, yeah. Even with addiction. <laughs> you know like, I don't know how many therapists I had that um, didn't know I was an alcoholic. Like, well, how that's too that personal happen? to share. Uh, well, and then I would have to do something about it. <laughs> I didn't want to not do that. And I'd be like, and then I'd even, because I'm like, oh, they're going to find out. So I'm like, oh, I think I drink a little bit too much. Like, just sometimes. But I'm aware of it. I'm not in denial. You know, and then it would be <laughs> you like, You know exactly fine. what to say. Was, right, right. It was like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our brains are so sophisticated at keeping, you know, the secrets of that we're ashamed of, like. It's so crazy. Oh it's my gosh. It's so crazy. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that, and that is healed. Hashtag. No. And no. Yeah. And in our structure of being good and being doing the right thing, that seems like we can check it off and we can talk to our friends about, you know, how we're doing that. And like, but are we still stuck in the same paradigm? Like, it's what's great about the movement is that again, it literally moves you out of that right, stuck place. Right. And the good thing so. about the coaches here is that 
they will take you to a class. They will walk with you to it. They will get you there. They will hold you accountable. They will yeah. cheer you on in the background or they'll dance with you or, you know, they'll, there are people that can help then with like clinical therapists, that's not their role, right? you know, and, but we need the other role way more yeah. now, now, especially I'm sorry, but a people's attention spans alone can't sit and talk for an hour and then like access other things. It's just like because of the world we live in and even therapy, like you're sitting down for an hour, like your body's physically sitting. So it's hard to teach somebody then how to be like, oh, yeah, then go to yoga. Huh? Like, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, sure. I will. Especially if yoga hasn't been something that you've ever done before. It's very intimidating. The most common thing I hear even about dance, which is what I teach, is like, oh, I can't dance. I don't Oh, I wish I had rhythm. Blah, blah, blah. I I get it. All of them. It's like, okay, do you want to accept that belief about yourself? Or are you truly interested in just trying it and seeing what you can do? Because nobody's judging you except yourself. So, and people don't realize that, like they think everyone else is going to judge them, but not in this space. No. And probably not in any other space as much as they think either. And that's something that I'm sure the coaches like actually kind of delve into that because it's such a symbolic thing to face a fear. And if your fear is of going to a class and I can, I'm a recovered fearaholic um, about (laughs) strength training, strength training. So true. And you look so happy doing your little kettlebell. I did say fuck a lot. I did say fuck a lot. In fact, Kaylin got me on on tapes. uh, It's on Instagram. um, And I'm proud of it because like I'm, I whined and I said fuck a lot, but I, I'm doing them and my body feels different. Dance was great for me for a really, really, really long time. And I'm always going to have that, but it's like another way to challenge myself and get over a fear that I've had. I'm going to do it wrong. I'm I don't know what I'm doing. Kaylin just makes it so easy. She's motivating she's accepting it's not about weight loss it's about getting strong it's such a great paradigm so i'm just so glad you said fuck a lot i said fuck a lot i'm so proud and of it you. was on tape and i was like can you not tag my parents in, in this <laughs> um but my parents don't i mean they only go on they think i they think when i post something on facebook that i'm sending it to them so i don't know how it's so funny my dad called me the other day thanks for sending that picture of winston and i was like that's my dog and um i'm like i didn't send one and then i looked on facebook and i had just posted on facebook and i it's like oh they're they're cute yeah that's really sweet but that's a whole that's the whole uh, my dad's a minister that's why i care about the, the swearing i was very much taught not to swear i'm now i say fuck it but i hope they don't listen to this anyway you say that every time i, I can't <laughs> I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it to them. <laughs> my dad's really cool. It's actually my mom that would care the most. So. I was severely depressed when I first started Zumba and I only went because my friend Katrina was like, I'm going to go to a Zumba class. Do you want to come? And I was like, that's really out of my comfort zone. Um, and at this point in my life, I don't, I, I'm going to go cause I'm going to go with you. I'm going to stand in the back. Oh my God. It was so much fun to learn the choreography. It was a challenge to my brain, but I would cry like you said, through the, like, I was hoping nobody would see it, but it would just be like releasing Mm -hmm. and I would feel just a little bit better. And then it kept me wanting to come. And I had a great teacher at the time, Jen Nickerson. Yeah. And, um, she was so motivating and it was so great. And then, I mean, not everyone has to become a teacher, but I'm just saying it's catchy. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much to it. If you're doing an exercise that you're not finding that 
kind of joy from, there might be something else that yeah, you I mean, could do. Honestly, every, um, every physical body has a movement that it connects to. Sure. If you find at least one that you like that you will, will do consistently, because the only one that works is the one that you'll do consistently. Right, exactly. Even if it's walking. Like, honestly, we, we had walking groups at Be Free, and we could certainly get that going yeah. again oh, for absolutely. sure hashtag if you want to lead them I, I probably me. will because I love it the <laughs> mindful walking well you talked about mindful walking I this did. morning we could do mindful walking oh my gosh we could. it's we so could. great and I did have to do that after that shit show across the street <laughs> On Wednesday. Well, the more I'm learning about hormones, again, mm-hmm. women's hormones, some of the strenuous exercises actually increase hormones that we may not want to right. increase. But strength training is really good because it helps your body deal, your muscles help your body deal with your hormones and then that just got me all excited because it has to do with nutrition and hormones and movement and it's all connected and now we have a nutritionist here and I'm actually I did a session and I'm gonna be following up with her I'm so excited so great for me (laughs) like the reason I started moving I mean I've always loved to dance and and do all that but when my mom died that was when I found Zumba and I was in Boston I remember and I like I was still drinking back then but I mean it was the it kept me out of the hospital let me say that like I was surviving but I was also going to five dance classes a week and then drinking on the weekends like a crazy person. And that's not healthy. However, that did, if I had not done those five classes, Mm -hmm. I probably would have ended up dead or like in the hospital. Something very, very serious would have happened. It did put a seed in my head before I got sober that this is how you heal. Like the movement is how you heal. Like this, you really love this. And those are the only moments I wasn't drinking was when I was moving or dancing. And mm-hmm. and then when I did get sober, it was the one thing that I figured out that slowing down was where I needed to be. So that's where yoga mm-hmm. came in because I needed to really like let the basically trauma come up in my body as I was moving. Right. But if I wasn't moving on a yoga mat, when that stuff came up, I would have decompensated and ended in a hospital. Like it would have been. <laughs> yeah. But because I could use my breath and I'll be on my yoga mat and keep actually physically moving, it signaled to my brain, A, because I was breathing that I was safe, and B, because I was moving my body, that there was a possibility that this stuff would not be with me forever. So it was right. just like an amazing. That's why I was like, Did Holy you have any crap. experience with yoga before that? Or was that the introduction to it? So I didn't really, I never liked yoga because I was, right. it was too slow. Mm. I was like, why would anyone like a sit lot of people say that Shavasana and listen to your own thoughts yeah. when your own thoughts are shitty. Right. <laughs> That's so. I hated myself back then. And I would, li- I would go to power yoga because my body could do that. And I would love it. And it was like, Arr. but then people would lay down and look all bliss. And I'd like sit in there twitching like. Every single horrible thing that I had ever done in active addiction would come in my brain. I'm like, I'm out. Like, (laughs) thanks, guys. But like, no, don't want to participate in that part. Now I'm like, restorative yoga for 10 hours. Yes, please. If not more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so with you there. Yeah. So that's the release. And that's where the connection of the the body healing comes. And that's where you got over, again, that big fear of that. Yeah. You maybe didn't even get over it, but like you were willing to face it. Yeah, absolutely. And have you experienced progress since then? You can know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big, big growth. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be sober now. Kind of desensitizing yourself to it in a way or learning to be friends with and not judge those thoughts. And there's a, there's a whole process to that, that 
like the coaches can lead you through. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to be afraid of yoga. Just the stigma of skinny white women doing it right. on a you know mountaintop. That's what I always saw Handstands. on the yoga things and I would try to do them and I would look like I felt like a clown right. so it's like it, yoga is so much more than that I get all the stereotypes about dance and yoga and all that stuff that come up for people okay but can you put that stuff aside and just give it a try because right. it yeah. the benefits like are so they just multiply like it's so synergistic yeah and in the beginning, what I had to do was, because the negative thoughts would come up, I would have to literally, there would be a negative thought, I would take an inhale, think of a positive thought, exhale. In the beginning, I literally had to do that like every single minute I was in Shavasana. It felt like forever, mm -hmm. but it got me through it. And then after, I'd retrain my brain to basically think positive thoughts when I was in Shavasana. So it was like the most beautiful place to be. Yeah. But it took that level of... And it didn't feel like horrible or hard. It just was a practice. Right. Like you would anything else in repetition. And okay, here we are. We're getting still. Scary thoughts are coming up. Right. Breath in. Positive thought. Breath out. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> On repeat. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one thing for me with yoga and even dance is that I noticed it teaches you to connect your brain to your muscles, yes. to your body. and. So that ground in itself grounds you, but it is scary at first when you've been so alienated yeah. from your body for so long that you don't even yeah. like, I, I joke all the time. Like I have, do I have abs? Cause I can't feel them. <laughs> right. My and it, they're like, yeah, right? <laughs> they're in there somewhere, but my brain is not used to firing those muscles. And so at first it's scary and you feel like a failure because you're like, oh, I can't even feel like I can't feel my ab right now, but when you learn it, you feel you start feeling like a rock star because you start feeling like, wow, it's so empowering to actually have that connection. And that's a big part of it for me. If you are someone struggling with anything, it could be, let's use substance for now, because I know that there's a lot of you out there that are really dealing with substance issues. Trust me, I was there. I get how you feel like you are in a barrel of garbage and that you can't dig your way out. Like that is the best way I just can describe it. And if you're in active addiction, uh, you know exactly what I mean. So what I will tell you is there is, there is a way to get to the top and not feel like garbage, but there's a couple things you have to do. You do have to actively reach out for help. You do have to hold yourself accountable, but you have to love yourself through the process. It's all a process. And when you're first starting out, you're going to relapse. Or not everybody does. I don't want to say that, but it's very possible. And, and it takes your body and your mind a while to figure out how to live sober. So just give yourself that space. But we are here. We are here without judgment, no stigma. We are here to help with all of that. There's a lot of people dying of addiction. And every time I see that, and there's a lot of people committing suicide. And every time I see that, I am like, this is preventable. This is so preventable. Like beautiful people do not have to die if they can just connect with us. And you are all beautiful And people. you are all loved. <laughs> whether you think so or not. Yeah, whether you really don't like, because I hated myself and I, mm -hmm. which is what keeps the, alcohol going or the drugs or whatever or food or you know any of that you can't um, trust that voice that yeah. is the addiction voice that is negative it's not it's not the voice you need to listen yeah. to yeah but if you have other people that can hold that space for you and say they love you and will love you until you can actually love yourself is the space that you need to be able to work towards and it's possible amen amen <laughs> hallelujah 
That, that one's for my dad, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amen. Oh, my gosh. Christy, what do you love about your body today? Oh, my God. I love... So I've been going to Kaylin's strength training clinics whenever I can. I've missed, like, two of them that I couldn't... And I and I was actually upset that I missed them. That's not me. If, you, if anybody knows me from before, that was not me. I've been working on doing lunges, and I don't even know the names of them. But I can tell you, they're the, <laughs> the absolute exercises that my body has... So my body as a dancer has been... I've been compensating. And so mm. certain muscles are overdeveloped and certain are underdeveloped developed and we're working on the underdeveloped ones now and it's so sore and that's why I say fuck a lot because it is really challenging me Mm. but I'm I'm at a place in my life where this challenge right now is so perfect and I'm so excited about it because it just feels like it makes everything fall into place. So I'm, I'm excited for my thighs and my butt muscles to actually be firing. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, if you can't find a reason to get in the studio, I love the image of your butt cheeks on fire. On fire, <laughs> not firing. Because <laughs> what are they firing? Beans from yesterday? Oh no. my God. <laughs> yeah, we went there. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow. well, the other thing I loved about that class is we were all whining and complaining, <laughs> and I was saying, "Oh, this is making my hair staticky." When we had to do something that was around our yeah. hair, and Kaylin was like, "Okay." Stop the negative self-talk. We're all going to say something positive about ourselves. And there so you she go. made us do that. I love like, it. And I, I loved that. Like, and it was hard for us. Right. I can, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> we were so into that negative yeah. um, space. So. But cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kaylin's favorite, favorite word. It's, it's never leaving us. <laughs> so I got this really incredible photo shoot yesterday. Oh, me? yeah. And for a while, because I had the fibroid issue and I was like in pain and bloated that I was just like not into getting pictures taken, but I need them for, you know, new projects that are coming out very soon. (laughs) (laughs) And so instead of like being frustrated through it, I actually started to have fun with it. So I got a bunch of hats. I got some like leather jackets. I got like a flowy dress. So that it actually became fun and was super creative because I'm a creator. So that I can do. So I was like, let me look at this as like an art project. And looking at them, like the image I have of myself now, because my body just feels so horrible all the time. (laughs) Um, Not all the time. I'm working on it. But just from hormones and all the stuff that's going on with it, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to love through it. But it's I had this image that I wouldn't look amazing. And then the pictures were pretty fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) From what I saw. Yep. So I was like really excited. It was like a pleasant surprise when you are just feeling so low. Like, and then to like get dressed up and actually have it come out in a in a way that's like oh my god in a different way like I'd never had pictures done where I was like had hats on and like super edgy and like you know it's always yoga and hi and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I'm like crass but like you know most of it is yoga poses and all this kind of stuff so this was like a very different way of representing myself and so it nice. just was a good landing in my body yeah yeah the whole experience actually 
It felt very empowering, and I'm going to actually do a workshop. Cape Cod Glam did my makeup, and Lydia Leclerc did the photos. Yeah. Um, and we're going to come together in January and do sort of a women's empowerment workshop where you can get your makeup done, where you cool. can dance, where you can get your little photo shoot. And just because that experience, I was like, oh, my God, like that one experience shifted my ability to look at something that was feeling just so challenging. Like, that should be hosted by Fit Fat Chat yeah. for sure. Oh, oh, oh yes. absolutely. Hell yes. 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 I'm there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, awesome. Awesome. So next episode, you can join us for a deep dive conversation with me and Christy about a situation that happened at the studio with a democratic information session with the candidates and the opponents across the street. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. We're sending you peace, love, and light. And until next time, live fit, fat, and free, bitches. Bitches. Fit Fat Chat is produced by Lemonadio. When life gives you lemons, make radio. Encouraging everyone to listenhappier.com. Codependence Anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> you can fire. watch them fire all day long. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm yeah. It's so good. No, I love it.